Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I've had a nice introduction and a chit-chat here with Mr. Walker, Walter Duncan out of the greater Boston area. Uh, he's a, a company owner, validated learning company. He's up in Boston. I'm excited to hear more about what he does and talking about how to keep kids in class. Mr. Duncan, Walter, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well, Mr. Gamish. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to connect with uh, with your audience. And I, I want to start by saying I appreciate um, the work that the Dash podcast is, is uh, committed to. You know, I uh, had a chance to really go back and listen. You've really been, you know, creating this, this this content that is valuable for your listeners for quite some time. But um, your your recent shift to really being purely focused on bridging this gap in education is very inspiring to me. Those like me who are committed to doing this work in those places that folks say kids can't achieve, kids can't learn, because we know that's a lie. All kids can. Uh, learn. So I'm just really excited to have the opportunity to mm. share a little bit of my story, uh, my experiences with working to bridge the gap, and then also a little bit about how uh, I've worked with technology to help myself become a more effective teacher, and then ultimately now to uh, support our um, teachers out there in the world and school leaders out there in the world who are committed to you know, turning schools around if they're coming into a failing school uh, or just making growth and, and proficiency gains across the board um, uh, uh, using tools uh, that make it uh, easier to get the buy-in from their teachers and to, of course, get the results that the research shows us are available for all children. Yes, yes, indeed. And that's that's special, Walter. I appreciate that that comment. Um, and it's been a, a long search for me, you know, and I think the cool thing about having a podcast is the fact that you get to learn from every interaction and interview also. So I've learned so much about myself and, and having a podcast is kind of ther- therapy for me because it gives me the chance to reach out to very special people and find an excuse to uh, help myself be better and also add value to other people's lives. So that's that's special to me that you recognize that. And, um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and keep on going because in, in talking about uh, our work to bridge the gap in, in education, it's, it's tough because you don't have a choice about education. Like as a kid, that's why it's so important to to give back because kids don't have a choice. Like you don't choose what you're born into. You don't choose who your parents are. You don't choose your school. So it's really on the adults to create the opportunity in the environment for people to succeed and to win. And so you've been to Watts. You've been to D.C. You're in Boston now. You're from Detroit and you've worked at various levels in all of those locations. Tell me about your experience in education, Walter. Yes, sir. I, uh, it's so funny. I spent 15 years, uh, I don't like to say in the trenches because it's not a war, but you know, in those classrooms that other people sort of run away from, if you will, uh, they, because they believe you know, certain kids don't have the capacity to uh, achieve at the highest level. And so in many ways, it's so much easier to go where the resources are abundant, where the, I don't even like to use the term parental support because 
what we see in many cases is where we quote have students without parental support it's because the parents are otherwise engaged in making the ends meet you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so when i when i just think about this bridging the gap and i think about that experience of 15 years in the classroom uh, for me, and this ties into the work with uh, our company Validated Learning and our flagship um, application called QuickKey, and I'll share that uh, a little more about that later. But first is this idea of expectation. The children rise and grow to our expectations and not the ones that we say out loud. Although it's important to say your high expectations out loud. Not the ones that we right across the board. Though it is important to clearly list your expectation from day one for the students that are under your care. But it is also the expectation that we have internally, that true belief that cannot be faked. You cannot write a high expectation on the board. Say I expect the most of you, but inside your heart of hearts, in your spirit, believe that the children in front of you have limits to their potential because they smell it. They mm. feel, their spirit feels the truth of you in front of them. Because as I've heard you say before, when you stand in front of that class, you're bringing all of you. Yep. <laughs> They're yep. learning from you. you yep. know? Uh, so this expectation, this idea of high expectation, uh, for me, Working from that place, that place of truth, every time that I stepped into the class, understanding that and reminding myself uh, that our children, those in front of me today, the most challenging, have no limits. That really, mm. after 15 years, that philosophy, that way of being in the classroom actually became the thing that transformed my life, transformed my capacity transformed uh, my earning potential and catapulted me into a world of technology that was brand new to me into a world of business that was brand new to me and ultimately positioned me to have the opportunity to be successful and I tell it like this I had a uh, and I'll I'll keep his name anonymous I had a student and I was teaching out in Los Angeles and good kid you know, a little bit wild. One of those kids that uh, every time you get ready to go into the classroom that, that he's in, you get just a little bit of a butterfly. In your stomach. <laughs> I mean, you know that you run your class, but you right. got a little bit of a butterfly in your stomach, and you know you got to, you have to uh, uh, you have to channel his energy, channel mm. his uh, you know his, his star potential. You have to channel it. You don't want to shut it down, right? But at the same time. You're not going to let him lead the class onto some wild goose chase and get you off of lesson, right? You're one of those type of kids. Good kid, man. And uh, I taught him for a while. I had a good rapport. He was one that other teachers could didn't necessarily like or so on and so forth. But I had love for him. He's my man. Right. And uh, so I move on, and he continues to grow, gets into high school. Long story short, he finds himself close to the end of his high school career, and he makes a really bad decision. And as we all have at 17 years old, and anybody that says they haven't is a lie, so I don't want to hear from him. Yeah. But, you know, he made a bad decision. And as can happen from time to time, he got caught in his bad decision. And the result of that decision 
was that he was expelled before graduating from his school community. Wow. He was not allowed to walk. And all of a sudden, this community that he had known for so many years, uh, he found that instead of facing folk that could understand the humanity of a mistake that a 17-year-old makes, he found himself facing a bunch of backs. Mm. Uh, he found himself uh, excommunicated from his school community, and it really hurt him deeply. Now, I had happened to hear, because I wasn't teaching him at that point anymore, I happened to hear through the grapevine that my man was having a little trouble. So I reached back out to him on Facebook, and, you know, as we as teachers should always do, uh, you know, I remind him, hey, man, it's all right. You know, everyone when they're 17, you know, makes, you know, really stupid mistakes. The only difference between you and others is you're one of the people that got caught at 17. <laughs> Most everyone else, you know, made it through by the skin of their teeth. But don't start to believe that you are less or start to believe mm. that you are a bad person because you made a common mistake that 17-year-olds make. And, you know, I just reminded him, in fact, for every human being, a time in their life comes where they face that initiation. They face that moment of challenge. They face that crucible of becoming who they are to be. And I said, look, man, you lucky. <laughs> you're getting it when you're 17. Right, right, <laughs> you're right. about to bounce back uh, from this like rubber. And that just doing what I'm supposed to do, yeah. holding that expectation of him as I do for any student uh, at the highest level and really knowing it as a truth. Um, uh, thinking of the students as, you know, I would an acorn, meaning that you may see a street strewn with acorns. And if you're careless, you will forget the fact that within each of those acorns is a full August oak tree. Right. You can forget it. Broken cap on one of the acorns. Some people think an acorn's only good for whistling. Others think it's a nuisance. Right. But within each of those acorns is that full, glorious oak tree. It's there when it's an acorn. And in that same way, our students. Right. And so we hold that expe expectation of their future gloriousness, even when they can't hold it for themselves. That's part of the work. That's part of holding the expectation. So don't get me, I'm getting a little passionate here, but it's so important. No. Uh, so long story short, uh, a couple years go by uh, after that little moment of encouragement. I didn't think anything of it. Well, I find myself teaching in a uh, KIPP school, Washington, D.C., high performance. Uh, I'm carrying way more load than I can carry. I'm 730 to 530 with kids, starting a basketball program, starting a drama program. I mean... I'm way underwater. I'm doing too much. And, and every single day, there is a requirement that at the end of each lesson, I give an exit ticket to measure how my students did with that day's learning objective. Mm. And three times a week, I got to put it into my power school, power teacher grade book. Man, first of all, <laughs> grading it three times a week for an A, B, or a C is useless. What I really need to do with my exit ticket is look and see. I got five questions here measuring whether they mastered today's lesson. What is the common error my group is making? You see what I'm saying? Mm. Because if I can figure that out in real time, I can remediate. 
So I called my man. I said, hey, because uh, uh, I, I reached out to him. I said, hey, because I heard that he had gotten himself into University of California's wow. prestigious computer science program. Got himself in. See what I'm saying? <laughs> you just need to need people to hold that image for him, you know, and then he'll, yeah. he'll rise to it. So he got himself in. I said, hey, man, uh, can't you make my phone do this stupid stuff? And I tell you, Trey, <laughs> you want to know about the impact of a teacher. <laughs> you Something that means nothing to you. It meant nothing for me to encourage him when he was down. Right. Nothing, right? That's just our job. Boy, when he responded, I got you, teach. I got you. Mm. What do you need? And that really was the beginning, right? Yeah. He actually came on and helped me understand what was required to create an application that would let me use uh. my phone to grade my papers. Wow. And to be able to see right in real time on my phone what standards, what learning objectives my students were mastering and what ones they weren't, right? Uh-huh. And from there, you know, he helped guide me and we ended up, you know, getting more professionals involved and making a, a, uh, a beta of the product. And we had a student take a video I made. And it's on YouTube. If you Google Quick Key, see me looking silly. <laughs> Uh, we made this video and I put it out on the internet and he said, man, the best teacher I ever had in my life made this cool application. Let's show him we love him. Now, Mm. a lot of videos go on the internet all the time, but because he used that language, because he described me in that way, it transformed my whole life. Next day, uh, my phone's exploding. This video's gone viral. We're at 500,000 views. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a teacher with no MBA. I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about investors or startup. I just had a problem that needed a solution, right? Mm. Now, all of a sudden, I have access to parts of the world that I never would have had access to, right? And it's all because of the approach in general for all the children that I faced of a high expectation, right? To have something like that open up for me. Yes, the, the video went viral. All of a sudden, we're on... You know, very important uh, digital uh, platforms, TechCrunch, front page, all of this stuff. But in practice, my life was changed. Hmm. I actually then had to step out of the classroom and become a technology company leader. And uh, as you mentioned, our company's validated learning. Our tool that lets teachers grade papers with any mobile device is called QuickKey. You can get it on Android or Apple App Store. But it really propelled me into a, a, a whole world I could never have imagined. I like to call it teacher karma, but it's not something you could strategize for. Things like that come back because we as teachers step in front of our children and we're committed to take that first step, which is holding the highest expectation for those who are in front of us and holding them to those expectations. I know that your parents would expect me to say something about your pants sagging. Now, look, I'm not judging you as a good or a bad person. I'm just talking about what the expectation is. Your parents like mine. I'm going to hold it to you. If I see you on the train and you're talking loud and cursing with your friends, I'm going to check you because I know the expectations that are held for you, right? And I have them for you as well as a student of color, as a quote, under-resourced student. 
uh, 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 in our our urban schools. And so first is that expectation. And that is where we start in this journey of bridging the gap. I guess I would ask you, I know that you do work of consulting uh, with the Gamage uh, Consulting Group with different schools. And uh, one of the things I've heard you speak about in the past is this importance of not, you know, just kicking kids out of the class and turning principals into babysitters. And you've heard of what I think about high expectations. Might you share a little bit about your thinking about how we keep those students engaged, keep them in class yeah. so that they can meet those expectations that we hold yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I mean, I, I think that's great. I thank you for thank you for the shout out on the show um, already. So, I mean, it's it's when the student leaves class, everybody loses. You, you can't win because there's just some essential questions. How you have those expectations? Can I teach? Can my class learn? Are you learning? If that's not happening, we've got to find a way to keep that kid in class instead of kicking them out. Because when he leaves class, one, you've disrupted your instruction. You don't have time to finish the lesson. Some kids never get back on track, and that kid misses the lesson. So when it's time to take those map tests, they missed the lesson they needed to exceed the expectation on their scores, which are now so important. Um, and, and going up the ladder, so now the teacher's not teaching, they don't meet their goal in the the principal doesn't get to do their data walk they don't get to review the data or decide how they're going to intervene with these test scores because they've got to deal with your student so if we can provide those strategies to um your your teachers you know there's different ways some of it is resources like the apps that you're talking about with quick key making teachers lives easier taking away some of those decisions but also you know the person comes first so you can't we, we teach who we are in the classroom right you know, if, if I'm coming into the classroom and I got my own baggage from what just happened before I came to work, I got my own bias about who you are and the way that you learn or the way that somebody taught me or the way that my teacher spoke to the kids that weren't me, no, how am I really going to um, prepare this child for success in, in this economy that we live in today? So I, I think it starts with a, a school-wide structure, you know, if, if it's a PBIS model, MTSS, RTI, whatever your expectation is in your student handbook, your school handbook, that needs to translate to your classroom. You need to be setting those same expectations. And so from administration down, we've got to be preaching that same message of expectation for rules that we're following. Um, secondly, you need a way to track behavior consistently. You know, if I, when the when that student gets to my office, it's not time for me to figure out what happened. It's my turn to make a decision as a principal, as a leader of the school. If there's no evidence to what just happened or what's happened over time, you need to go back to class and your teacher should have dealt with that. So you, you've got to have that system in place where you're tracking behavior over time. When, when you're sitting in my office, I need a referral form. If it wasn't a, a level two or three offense, if it's a level one, I need to see your repeated behavior over time with that. So, um, and that's your expectation as a principal, as your teacher leaders, your POCs, that expectation has to be set um, and followed. And, and the third thing is um, building a relationship with your students. You know, the person comes first, you, you've got to be consistent. You've got to um, provide those restorative rewards. You need expectations and you need um, consequences. Co- consequences, expectation, rewards. Those three things have you to know, be consistent. I, 
Yes, sir. I I would just add to that, um, you know, with things like RTI, the response to intervention or the the PBL, the project-based learning, you know, it's interesting that we would find ourselves together. And I'm so honored to have this opportunity to be on your podcast uh, as you are carrying that work with behavior. And I'm so much involved with carrying that work with measuring student mastery on a day-to-day basis because those two things come together. Uh, And we can't say talk about that behavior issue without addressing the fact that some of our teachers need support. Yeah. Some of them don't know how to escalate. Some of them don't know how to deal with a little thing and let it become a big thing. Some of them are flailing, but we also in those same schools have teachers who have that management and mastery of their classroom. And, And a student is only sent out of their classroom for a serious offense that they must be sent out of the classroom from. And so understanding that, you know, that when we talk about these, uh, these issues that uh, a support for our teachers is also required and an understanding of teachers that may come to us at many different stages. Some as first year teachers will need a different kind of support uh, than a 10 year teacher or a 15 year veteran. Uh, someone who's not from that community uh, uh, where the school is may need uh, support in a different way than someone who is a part of that community um, uh, needs support. So, you know, these are these are the places where we, as leaders, as men and women who are committed to the future, because our children truly will have to solve the problems that we are leaving them. And they're not small problems. We're leaving these children of the next generations. You know, we're we're about to be leaving the next generation more an ocean that has more plastic in it than it does fish. Who's going to figure that out? And every time we leave a student uh, without that ability to unlock what they bring to the world, thinking they're dumb and not reaching their potential, that is a loss for all of us. There's a loss for our country. That is a loss for our community and a loss for our world. You know, I like to say that genius knows no zip code. It's born anywhere. The slums of Calcutta, the trash hills of China, Brightmoor neighborhood in Detroit, it's born anywhere. And Mm -hmm. we as responsible adults and leaders must be helping to unlock that. And bridging this gap in education is the place where we can work together uh, all around to unlock this. You know, sir, I, I, I'm enjoying myself so much. Um, I feel like this is part one of, of, uh, <laughs> uh, of the podcast and that we should get together and do a part two. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up and go. Uh, where can the people find you before I do that? Well, I, I am on Twitter and my Twitter handle, and I love to talk education, educators, everything relevant. Uh, my Twitter handle is at four underscore teachers that's at four underscore teachers and for you know school leaders and teachers who are listening to this and and would like some support in order to improve student outcomes and they would like to use tools that have a um, evidence behind them in terms of scores jumping significantly they can find us at www.quickkey app.com that's www.quickkey 
app.com. And uh, again, you know, our approach is always partnership, support, and success in achieving our collective uh, outcomes. Right on, right on. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I can't wait to talk to you again, Walter. If you like this, share it with your friends. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. Principals, assistant principals, educators, business owners, people that have kids, all of them. Um, Let us know if you like it. Share it right now. This is The Dash. We'll see you next time.